Warning, this episode contains gluten. Greetings from the Devil's Dexter, a podcast for the esoteric and strange. Welcome, Dirtlings, to episode two of The Devil's Dirt Star. I am Ellsworth, and I'm here with my co-host, Big Spoon. Hi, Big Hi, Spoon. Everybody. <laughs> Hi, Ellsworth. So today we are talking about something that is very near and dear to our hearts. We are Pwog. We are Pwog. Today we're entering the expanding world of hipster biscuits and fake noodles. I know one of the things we first bonded over was how we're both G-free banshees, and it seems to me we're riding a train that is becoming increasingly popular, at least in the U.S. Yes, and for anyone who is confused by POG, that means people without celiac disease avoiding gluten, which is the greater percentage of people not eating gluten are non-celiac consumers. I feel like there's a lot of intolerance Yes. And also there's a lot of different conditions that can behave like celiacs and a lot of people get misdiagnosed because Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Or at least everybody I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I want to go over an article that I found and basically it's a quick history. Literally it's called quick history and evolution of celiac disease written by I'm aware, like literally I am a W A R E at WWW. I'm aware. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, there's an excerpt called Early History of Celiac Disease, and I'm going to read this verbatim. 8,000 years after its inception, celiac disease was identified by Eretaeus of Cappadocia. That's what it is. Sounds right. He was a Greek physician living in the first century AD. He originally named the disease as (laughs) coeliacos after the Greek word coelia, meaning abdomen. In his own words, if the stomach be irreverent of the food, and if it pass through undigested and crude, and nothing ascends into the body, we call such persons coeliacs. Interesting. Actually, that is a new term I have not heard before, and I'm seeing it all over the internet now. Coeliac. It's nearly the same thing as a celiac, but not quite. Like the non-angelicized version of celiac. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So 17th century later, Dr. Matthew Bailey published his own observations relating to diarrhea in adults, Mm. (laughs) causing malnutrition due to gas distended abdomen. Bailey suggested in his own stance on treatment through diet writing, some patients have appeared to derive considerable advantage from living almost entirely upon rice. Unfortunately, Bailey and his work went unnoticed. It wasn't until Samuel Gee, or G, a leading English doctor in pediatric disease, that the modern description of celiac diseases was credited. Like Bailey, Gee, or G, you know, like the butter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the not so butter, (laughs) suggested that diet was an important factor for overcoming this disease. He documented the health of patients getting better after starting a gluten-free diet. But even though the first symptoms and possible treatments were discovered, it remained to be seen what actually caused people to contract celiac disease. Yet what we consider recent advances were actually many centuries ago, such as presence of celiac disease without diarrhea, because that's a thing that can happen. We'll talk about it after, but I know that my symptoms might not be the same as yours versus another person who may or may not have celiacs. Yeah. 
The article goes on to talk about how physicians tried to tackle celiac disease around the turn of the century, and it's a little bananas, literally though. The banana diet was all the rage in the 1920s and actually helped patients with celiac disease. In 1914, pediatrician Sidney Haas treated 10 children he diagnosed with celiac disease and anorexia with this diet, and eight of them were deemed clinically cured. What about the other two? They died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's... That is a very big difference. <laughs> yes. And and that's the thing. I was trying to look up articles about what happened yeah. to these kids. And I don't know if they did die of malnutrition because of their diet or because of the anorexia. Oh. And anorexia is kind of like, I know a lot of people just think, oh, you don't eat. It's not exactly just that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of other things. Yeah. It's more than just the eating disorder there's other like clinical meanings behind the term anorexia and if you don't have a well-balanced diet obviously like you ever watch survival shows and shit and they end up getting meat but there's no fat to it it's very lean yeah you could die yeah because you're not getting other nutrition so it's interesting that you mentioned you know that the other two children died because it actually makes me think of something that i i saw the other day the cdc confirmed this that diarrhea kills more children every single day than aids malaria and measles combined one in nine child deaths worldwide are due to diarrhea i mean it makes sense you know you're you're losing not only nutrients but also fluids and that's that's very significant and a very quick way to die if it's not resolved i would imagine dehydration is like a huge complication i have to imagine yeah dehydration and then if that doesn't kill you very quickly then certainly the lack of being able to process the nutrients and just having it go like quite literally straight through you yeah dehydration and starvation probably it is the second leading cause of death among children under the age of five per the cdc wow what turned you on to that <laughs> i think it was a tiktok post possibly <laughs> i don't remember it was some, i i was browsing online and i saw that and was like all right gonna save that for future reference and it turns out it came in handy very quickly <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean it's not funny it's it's absolutely horrific and i'm sure wow. that you know especially in places where medical care is not fantastic especially or if like good diet is not readily available that that is an especially traumatic event for parents to have to experience losing a child that way so scary Um, yeah just about anything can kill you but you know that's something nobody should have to worry about no here's the thing though eating bananas isn't what helped dr haas's patients the diet requires you to avoid foods where gluten is commonly found, like bread and cereal, and also potatoes, weirdly, were what? involved in the diet. I, I don't know what the reason was for that. Maybe maybe because it doesn't necessarily hold a lot of nutritional value. Yeah. I mean, it, it does a little bit. Like, I think there's fiber and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That was in there. But eliminating gluten is what actually did the trick for the patients. Yeah. And it was realized later on, oh, this is why. Interesting but I, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, no, we're, we're just a couple of nerds who know some things and may be wrong about others. Indeed. So I know you've been gluten-free for a while and I've been gluten-free for a while, although the both of us occasionally cheat because we have found cheat codes. And this is because neither of us are diagnosed celiac. And I, I think, at least speaking for myself, I know that I don't have celiac. I certainly have some sort of adverse reaction towards gluten and that consuming it regularly had a pretty significant negative effect. I don't know what exactly it is. And I I think it's kind of the same for you as not celiac, but something is just not 
processing properly. (laughs) Something's not driving. Yeah. And the same thing with my older sister. She thought that she had celiacs for the longest time and then moved out to deep and she could eat whatever the fuck she wanted. Drink amazing beers. Doesn't matter. But as soon as she came home to visit, she would risk things, you know, and she said it was worth it, but I don't know if I believe her. <laughs> it depends on, you're going to have to eat something like a Krispy Kreme donut. I might yeah. suffer for that, but like, I you're not going to catch that. me at Dunkin' Donuts popping a munchkin. That's <laughs> not worth it. Not that I have not had moments of weakness. I have, and we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, one of the reasons we had a late start this morning, actually, I took one for the team. I'm committed to this podcast. <laughs> It's not because I was lazy and wanted an easy solution to my hunger. No, that it was, was it was research based. <laughs> the ultimate sacrifice yeah. for the pod. Yep. <laughs> so did we want to talk about our own personal stories? Yeah. Before we get to that, I just wanted to like have an addendum before I forget when you're talking about your sister going to beep and thinking she had celiacs and being able to eat gluten. I have a friend who is diagnosed celiac very extreme and obvious like classic celiac reaction to eating gluten like she'll eat a few crumbs and look pregnant she went to germany and could consume gluten so she is like confirmed diagnosed celiac has classic celiac symptoms goes to europe can eat gluten something is to be said about that and how we process things in the u.s it's got I mean, what else yeah, could it, it possibly be? I would say a lot of the health problems in the U.S. are dietary related and based in the overproduction or fast production of food, the, the things that we do to make food faster and cheaper and easier to process and produce and, you know, really coming down to money, not to get political in any way, although I guess I just did. <laughs> um, but it's it's very interesting to see. I mean, you know, so many of the, the health problems in the U.S., could be solved we're not alleviated to an extent through an improvement of our food systems yeah honestly that's what i think is going on with our local indian restaurant being able to eat the naan there yeah it's incredible and i hadn't had naan in years until they came to town i am so glad they're here yeah we got to keep them in business they're (laughs) fantastic so so kind of going back to when we were talking about cheat codes Riley and I are both pretty sensitive to gluten like I can't eat a single Twizzler which has gluten in it if I eat a Twizzler I will get a migraine that's that's my bodily reaction to which gluten. is funny because I can have Twizzlers without a problem and it certainly someone has suggested and it's possible this is it I have not done the trial and error to find out if it's the case but someone suggested that maybe it's not gluten but there is something along with the gluten that is commonly with gluten that's making us have that reaction, which is why we can eat some things and not other things. True. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, though. The Indian place is a cheat code because... Yeah. We... (laughs) I I took a risk the first time I went there. This place is fantastic. I could eat their food all day. It's so good. And they're also very friendly. And last time I went there, we've gone so many times, the guy... Like, they were (laughs) packed. And the guy was like, oh, welcome back. He was so excited to see me. Um... But I, yeah, I know yeah. We're, we're, we're special now and um, <laughs> their non looked really good. So I ate a piece and I was fine. And so then I told Riley and we we're like, okay, like, well, we'll do this together. And then we both ate and we were fine. And now uh, whenever I go, I will consume an entire serving of non, which is yep. a plate full of non. And I, I do not get the gluten reaction. Meanwhile, you know, again, a Twizzler or a granola bar that has buckwheat in it or anything like that immediate on wellness. And then another example of something that I can eat is the fried pickles at a local bar. 
And I actually asked the staff member if I could see the package because I was like, maybe it's not fraught. Maybe it's cornmeal or like maybe it's not yeah. wheat. No, it is. A brief addendum to that. I have only consumed them when I was drunk. So it's possible that the gluten reaction was buried beneath the hangover the next day. <laughs> you know what? That is something I'm willing to risk. They're so good. Because I have a newfound love for pickles over the past couple of years. There's a lot of things I used to not eat for some reason when I was younger. Yeah mushrooms yeah are one of them pickles like i just like it was too much yeah <laughs> for yep. me now i fucking love it this is a very recent development there's two recent developments actually and part of me thinks that maybe we should cut this out because I'm, I'm afraid to admit it i have been using big spoons and what <laughs> god god stay out of this god turn away you've been using big spoons i i have and there are still some things like ice cream no, that is a little spoon food and it will remain so. Same with pudding. But for like a rice meal? Yeah. Shovel that shit in yeah. there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I was like one day I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try it. And now there's, I get like the the weird like neurodivergent tick I had against <laughs> using big spoons has kind of dissolved. I blame you entirely for that <laughs> because I would not have even considered trying. I have been a little spoon person since birth. I have never been a, like I hate big spoons, but low-key every time i see a spoon online because i'm always looking at like witchy <laughs> websites and i find like cute teaspoons yeah. i'm like oh that's perfect for ellie <laughs> <laughs> i do there's something really fun there's we actually have a really tiny long spoon that is specifically designed for spooning cat food out of a can and it's shaped like a little heart and it's really tiny like barely Aww. bigger than a thumbnail i love using that spoon because it's so little <laughs> i'm so fucking excited i converted you <laughs> oh it gets better so what? we've been using sun bath and I've been forcing myself to eat exactly as it's designed so they send us onion and instead of tossing the onion I'll be like I'm gonna include it in the recipe because that's what it says and no you wait I don't hate onions anymore no no okay is it because you've cooked it and the texture is different See, or I thought, were they raw I thought that was it because the first few times I cooked it and it was like soft enough and because texture for onions cooked or raw i just think it's icky but like mixed in with the other vegetables they included with the sun basket was good and then yesterday the fish po boys i made had red onion raw it worked man it worked it worked with the i'm glad i included it i didn't include as much they wanted a whole onion and i was like that's that's a lot of onion not for um, me but ugh. i could eat one of those like a goddamn apple no that's <laughs> okay shrek <laughs> No, I don't know what it is about onions. I just, I think they are a good addition to any hearty meal. I use it in soup. I put extra onions on pizza, like frozen oh, pizza and dude. stuff like that. I have a very poor sense of smell, mm. but if I eat an onion, smell that shit. And I'm <laughs> not a fan of that because onion and BO are very similar smells. Also, if you eat too much, I feel like you can, you exude. when you sweat. Yeah. Same with yeah. garlic. Right. Same thing with garlic. Yeah. Exactly. You ever hear that little trick where you like put your fingers on stainless steel like a knife? Yeah. <laughs> to get rid Does of the it work? smell? Hell yeah, it works. Interesting. I'm going to have to try that. The only thing I don't love about onions is that it makes me cry. They make me so sad. Yesterday while I was chopping <laughs> this very fresh organic onion from Sunbasket, I had to take several breaks and like stand aside and like <laughs> um, I just turn was showing Riley and my voice disappeared, but I had to like turn away and blink. It was such a pugnant onion. 
Um, and then my dog, who is a freak and loves vegetables, but cannot eat onion because onions kill dogs, was very, very interested in trying to lick it off my fingers in the knife. He got a little whiff and he was like, yeah, I want some of that shit. It's a really strong smell. It's bizarre. <laughs> this is the same dog that likes to eat wasabi. There's just what? something wrong. Yeah. No. We read when he was a puppy, he's not much of a chewer. Although yesterday for some reason he took one of my boots and brought it into the living room and he's never done that before so and i know it was him because a there's nothing else in the house that would have done it unless we have a poltergeist which john did suggest which would be really unfair because we talked about azazel here and not at my house <laughs> really unfair <laughs> and also when i picked up the boot he looked extremely guilty so i knew it was him generally he doesn't chew things but when he was a puppy he did a little bit and we read rubbing wasabi on things would keep him from chewing oh no um it had the opposite effect same with bitter apple spray bitter apple spray he likes bitter apple spray hot sauce and thing. wasabi it's a freak dog so all the all the deterrents all the deterrents he's all oh my about God. it yeah He'd probably eat motor oil if you let him i'm sure i'm sure he would <laughs> does no. it have a strong flavor <laughs> mm. <laughs> wow that's fucking crazy yeah i'm still astounded by the fact that he did go to germany and yeah. she could have whatever she, she ate wanted. A, a, like, like a, i think she said it was like a five pound bag of gummy bears or a one pound bag of, i don't know you can confirm or deny but she ate a massive amount of glutinous gummy bears totally fine good for her yeah it's she go to germany oh yeah oh yeah well we gotta go everywhere we do we gotta find all the cryptids i want to do an episode outside of stephen king's house let him call security <laughs> that'll just add to the episode security? <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be uh super fun yeah go on a trip to dairy yeah i like the sound of I, that i do need to know why he thinks that world building should be removed from everyone's vocabulary that is such an off thing i would love to have a discussion with him about why yeah he feels that way and i'm sure he would school the shit out of oh, me I, yeah probably. i'm sure i'm sure there's a very good reason that's like beyond our like tiny non-writer brain comprehensions well, but like it's just interesting because if you think i don't know if you've ever read the dark tower series but his world he building, builds the shit out of that world yeah <laughs> just these vast places it's just so imaginative and you can visualize everything like yeah. i know that's that's why people love or hate him is because he's very detailed yeah. about it i just need and, and i haven't followed up on it maybe he further expounded on why he does not like the word maybe or he doesn't give a damn i mean if <laughs> i wouldn't stephen if king. i was stephen king i'd be like listen man my word is god i, I know what i'm talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> he's the king <laughs> no pun intended of world building so yeah yeah. I don't know. So I'll yeah. just give you guys a story about what the fuck happened to me. I can't even remember when this happened. I think it's been maybe like almost 10 years Okay, since I first figured out something's wrong with me because I started to lose weight and I was like, oh, I feel good. And people were like, are you sick? And I was like, no, I feel amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually I wasn't feeling amazing. And I've always had chronic migraines. Yeah. I noticed they were starting to get worse. One of the craziest things was happening to me. I was not in fact having diarrhea, but Every time I went number two, it looked like you could replate it and not know the difference. Yeah. That's, Do you catch my drift? It seems, <laughs> it seemed, I literally going straight through you. Yeah. I was not absorbing anything yeah. from anything that I ate. Yeah. No matter good. what it was, even if it was not gluten. Yeah. Like I could have a veggie stir fry 
replate that shit. I don't know. (laughs) Stomach was just so damaged. It was just like letting everything pass without breaking it down. Yeah. Not long after that started happening and I was just kind of dealing with it, I got gastroenteritis really badly. My stomach lining was inflamed. I could not keep anything down. It was just water that was coming out of me. My body was just like, I was like a sponge that was wrung out. from both fucking ends it was terrible i mean i know everybody's been there whatever (laughs) it got to the point i couldn't keep water down and i knew this nurse that was talking to the man upstairs and she told him have her drink a shot glass of water every hour if she can't keep it down she needs to go to the hospital i couldn't keep it down so i went to the er i was in the waiting room and i never actually went into the er it was so busy and this is pre-pandemic obviously it was like 10 years ago almost but it was so busy so they gave me fluids out in the waiting room they hooked me up to an iv and i was just like laying there half dead with an iv in my arm yeah hoping that nobody would walk by and kick the iv stand (laughs) (laughs) i did okay i made it i felt much better they were trying to get a stool sample from me but i was literally emptied out by the time i got there trying to shake a can get the last drop i'm like i got nothing (laughs) because they wanted to see if i had some type of bacterial infection like giardia yersinia all the fun things all the fun microbes um (laughs) so i couldn't give them a sample and i ended up feeling much better after the iv and i actually had some fluids and i went home kind of put myself on bed rest for a couple of days and then i ended up getting some blood work done so my provider told me after i got my blood work that I tested positive for alleles related to celiac disease. I don't really know how to describe Mm. it, but basically it's something in my genes where it could be celiac disease or some type of intolerance. She told me, just stop eating it and let me know how you feel. Yeah. But before that, I had to prepare to take the blood test. Have you done this before? I've never taken a a gluten-related blood test. I don't know if there's... So... When you do it, you have to eat a ton of gluten before the test for a while. I had to eat a lot of gluten, so I ate a lot of wraps and bread and fucking Wheaties. (laughs) We think this thing might be killing you. There's only one way to find out. (laughs) You eat a lot of it? Yeah, so I ate a lot of it, got the test done. She was like, yeah, okay, so you probably do have something going on. Stop eating it. I did. I was able to maintain like a healthy weight. Yeah. I felt much better. My migraines went away. I also noticed, so I used to have keratosis pilates on my arms like the strawberry skin yeah the little dots and everything completely went away that's just an inflammation thing yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah now i don't know what the fuck is wrong with me because i have migraines again like one really bad one a month yeah but i think that's tension and stress i i would hazard a guess that that is all yeah that is the case my yeah. eye twitch has come back recently i've been dealing with it for two weeks it makes me feel like my eyelids trying to rip away from my fucking head <laughs> oh, no ah uh, i can feel it anyway <laughs> so that's what happened to me my story is not nearly as dramatic i mean i've had migraines my whole <laughs> it's life not that bad. <laughs> it's, 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 mine is like not like there was no 
hospitalization or, or doctors really involved. I've had migraines my whole life. They're not entirely gluten related. There are other triggers, like most people with migraines. I know hormones are a trigger. Stress is certainly a trigger. Unfortunately, that means good and bad stress. So as a child, if I was excited oh. for a sleepover, I would usually get a migraine the next day because I was oh so excited God, that's for That's the cutest fucking thing ever. It was really like the most <laughs> frustrating. It got to the point where I would get, I would wake up and just be pissed off because I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I knew, I would see it coming. I would know. And then I, I like, you can't stop it. I would just be excited to see my friends. And then I'd wake <laughs> up and just be like violently ill. And I, one time in particular, I went to my friend's house anyways, as my best friend growing up. And usually when I get a migraine, it doesn't kind of fade away until I throw up. Up and it's very hard for me to throw up. I'm oh. the kind of person that even if I have a stomach bug, it will take all day before my body can like, Oh, really? it's just really difficult. I don't know if there's an esophagus thing going on, but like, it's, it's very difficult for me to do that. Your gag reflex is like a saving grace. It's terrible though, because once I learned, survive. <laughs> I learned that when I threw up, I would feel better. So I got to a point like when I was a teenager and I was constantly getting migraines, I would try and make myself throw up to relieve the migraine. And I couldn't because for whatever reason, my body is like, no, we're not ready yet. We're going to take another 12 hours of pain before this comes out. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> That's awful because my body's like, oh. I can throw up on command. <laughs> Toss that shit out. <laughs> not, not for me. And I'm also, I, this is just going to be way TMI. I also just am the most violent. Like I am not a lady like vomiter. Oh, I hope the man upstairs doesn't chime in. <laughs> I swear to God, the whole fucking zip code can hear me when I throw It sounds up. like demons are being exercised. Like I'm screaming, like the toilet's cracking. <laughs> It is violent. The, the earth is erupting and lava's coming yeah, out. Yeah, like like angels are falling from the sky as I'm just trying to like vomit food poisoning. I don't know. It's but so I saw like probably in like 2017. I was getting headaches a lot, not even migraines, just headaches and which yeah. had been uncommon for me. Migraines were a thing, but headaches weren't and I was exhausted all the time and mm. I couldn't figure out oh, why. Oh yeah. And this is why I think that it's really important to be open about your health problems and symptoms and discoveries because everyone is very different, but you know, things may not be obvious. Some friend posted on Facebook, is it just me or does anyone else feel a lot less tired when they stopped eating gluten? And I was like, all right, like we'll give it a try. And keep in mind, I am a gluten lover. I worked at a bagel shop. I ate <laughs> yes. a lot of bagels. I am a pasta person. I love gluten. Like I hoped it wasn't it, but I was like, all right, well, we'll give this a try because I consume a lot of it. So for I think like five days, I just stopped eating anything with gluten in it. And it was instantaneous. The, oh, wow. the difference. I was like, okay. And then I, I tested you know, after the break of not eating it, I ate a Luna bar because I love Luna bars and they have gluten in them and immediately got the tired headache. And I was like, all oh, right, no. so. So you like kind of self Yeah, I just, and that was it. I've never seen a doctor about it because I didn't have like super severe, like I could still function. It was just miserable. Right. Um, so now I know <laughs> the reason we started late today is because yesterday I waited until it was too late to eat. So by then I was hungry and, and just like no, no rationality behind what I'm eating. So I got a sandwich at Starbucks. Um, it was <gasps> oh, delicious, no. but it wasn't worth the cost. <laughs> so what kind I had, of sandwich did you um, get? It was the turkey bacon and egg white one with oh. a, on an English muffin. It was delicious. I had a migraine by the time I got home yesterday. I took Excedrin because that tends to work pretty well for me. And then... I woke up again with another one and it just, my body was just like, you know, that's what you're talking about today. So let's, uh, uh <laughs> listen, I appreciate your sacrifice, but there's goats for that. Yeah. <laughs>
damn man just it must have not even been like a huge muffin either like no a a tiny little english muffin and and i was like well i've been eating naan and it's fine so maybe maybe but i think that's because wherever that restaurant sources their i know that i read in the newspaper when they were first coming to town that they source everything from new york city but i don't know where it comes from before that yeah all of it's homemade they make their own cheese yeah I didn't know that. Their cheese is fucking amazing. Everything, by the way, it's so good. Uh, now I want eat for dinner. I, know. I think God we still have some it. of the gift gift certificate left. Maybe I'll do that for dinner. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, ooh, bread. <laughs> we'll we'll share pics, maybe <laughs> of the non of the non. We should have a picture of the non and maybe yeah. some cheese. Yeah, yeah. You're making me think about symptoms that I've had. Definitely the migraines, headaches. Yeah feeling sick to my stomach constantly Mm -hmm. and it kind of made sense because at one point when I was in I think like late junior high my dad came to me and he's a pretty like strong silent type yeah kind of guy yeah but very cool very loving and he came to me and he was like is somebody bullying you at school and I was like what are you talking about and he said you say that you're sick every morning that you feel so sick and I'm like yeah, no, I'm not being bullied. I actually get along with everybody because I did. I was one of those kids. Like I was the weird, obviously, I mean, devil's dirt star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was an artistic person that got along with everybody. Yeah. Even in high school, the lunch table I sat at was the fucking track team. I wasn't in track. What the, <laughs> you know, I, I got along with everyone. Yeah. So I was like, no, dad, I just, I don't feel well. Yeah. Guess what I ate for breakfast every morning? Bagel? <laughs> English muffins. Oh, yep. English muffins with a little thing of coffee, or I would have like a frozen waffle. I just nuke it really quick and take it on the go. Oh, oh, yeah. Fucking Lego my ego. Miss Egos. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait. Do they so, make gluten-free ones? They do, and they're not good. Don't even bother trying. I've tried every single brand. They're not good. There is a local diner that makes very good gluten-free waffles, though. The oh. diner that we that we frequent. Oh, my God. When you recommended that the other day, I'm like, I feel like such a copycat when we go to restaurants because I'm like, oh, I'll have that, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, we like the same stuff, and we're both gluten-free. It works. Kind of like... So I didn't have, you know, I had migraines my whole life. It was not until I moved to beep that these symptoms became severe and noticeably tied to gluten. Do so, you think that's age or location? I think it's location. And this is my, I have a little conspiracy theory about where we live. And I'm going to, we'll bleep out the name of the town for now. But when I moved here, uh, I moved here in 2016. And by 2017, I had the like pretty noticeable directly tied symptoms to gluten. And so this town in particular, almost every single restaurant has a lot of gluten-free options. And we do not live in a large populated area. When I go anywhere outside of this area, I forget how lucky we are by the number of gluten-free options there are. So one of my celiac friends said that her gastro, whatever the doctor told her gastroenterologist that's it this celiac friend i have she told me her gastroenterologist told her that has a very high percentage of people with celiac disease like above average that is so bizarre so here's my conspiracy theory celiac friend from the area said that her gastroenterologist told her that um plattsburgh has an above average percentage of people with diagnosed celiac disease which i think is why most of the local restaurants have a significant amount of gluten-free options compared to pretty much anywhere else I've been, including big cities. 
Really? I mean, remember when we went to Salem, there weren't nearly as many gluten-free options here. If you go to any bar or restaurant for the most part, there's a lot of gluten-free options. It. You know what? You're right. Because we went to some fucking awesome restaurants in Salem, that pizza joint, Flying yeah. Saucer or whatever. Oh, that was so... They're gluten-free pizza. You guys, there is a fucking Pickle Rick pizza and it is awesome. You need to go get it. It is. If they had a... <laughs> I, I, I would order delivery from Salem and eat a cold pizza if they, yep. <laughs> if they delivered here. Absolutely. So good like yeah oh my god but you're right they didn't have that many options it's and anywhere i go like when we travel downstate to different more populated areas because we live in a fairly not dense populated area there's not nearly as many gluten-free options and so i mean i know it has become more of a quote-unquote fad which i do have theories about i think it is tied to the american diet and the way we process our food my theory is we live in a one of the older towns in America. East Coast has a lot of the older towns that have been around, you know, revolutionary era, older towns. So a lot of the systems in this town are fairly old. And I know, you know, we recently had some water main issues in our neighborhood. Oh my fucking And they were God. talking about how the water mains <laughs> are made of asbestos. And um, that's really common. It's in asbestos in water and water mains is super common. And it doesn't really become an issue unless it's breaking down and actually getting into your water. And the symptoms of that, you know, gastrointestinal issues make me, my conspiracy theory. I just put it together what you're trying to say. I believe, (laughs) I believe that the water mains in this area, there's something, there's something in the water in this area that damages our guts enough that we are unable to process gluten because a lot of the times, you know, if you're experiencing gut issues, even if you don't necessarily have a direct intolerance to gluten, you can't process it because it's a little harder to break down. So my, my conspiracy theory is because I was not, I had no issues with gluten until I moved here. We have a high percentage of people with celiac disease. I think that the the water maybe in this town is making people unable to eat gluten. That's my conspiracy theory. That's an interesting theory though. I'm getting Flint, Michigan vibes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I have <laughs> not, no idea. I'm not a scientist or a doctor or whatever, but when I heard that, cause our water mains all across actually the city water mains of like the systems have kind of been starting to have issues because they're old and you know, things only have a certain lifespan. So my thought is, you know, specifically this gastroenterologist, I'm hearing a secondhand from one of his patients said that the rise in celiac in this area too has been fairly recent, like over the last 10 or 20 years. Oh, that's interesting. So I think that there's breakdown, maybe more asbestos getting into the water than is good for us to be able to handle. It's affecting our guts and it's affecting our ability to process gluten. And I'm very curious if I moved away from this area for five years or so, if I would notice that I could start to process gluten again. I don't know. Just a thought. Very interesting and a little terrifying. But I do wonder that it's not necessarily gluten itself. It's just something that we're receiving from our water that is causing us not to be able to process it correctly. Certainly America in general has had a growth of pogs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, there's other, I'm sure if that is even, you know, has any legitimacy to it, that very unscientific theory of mine, even if it did have any legitimacy, I think that there are still multiple other factors American food systems being probably culprit number one. Right. It's still a really good conspiracy theory. Don't at us about it. She's allowed to conspire. Listen, (laughs) some of y'all think the earth is flat. I can believe that our water is making us gluten intolerant. And if you are a believer that the earth is flat, this podcast is not for you. Or it is. Learn some things. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe you should 
tune in. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you had other weird symptoms? Because I feel like I have atypical symptoms sometimes. I'd say migraines and tiredness are the two main ones. When I get the migraines, I get sniffles. So mm. my nose is super runny, which I've heard is, I don't remember where I read this and it's like in the back of my head. So this may be incorrect, but I believe that is a sign of a food intolerance is getting a runny nose. It's kind oh. of like an like an allergic reaction kind of almost. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I, you could also like get puffiness and yeah. whatnot. That definitely makes sense to me. One time I had a gluten removed beer. Are we allowed to talk about brand names? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> so it was from Omission. I can drink Omission normally. Yeah. It's fine. It is a gluten removed beer. Y- yeah. If you have celiacs, you should not drink it for sure. If you have an intolerance, depending on how bad it is, for me, it's fine. I don't have a problem. Yeah. But one time I drank it and I don't know if I got a bad batch or something. <laughs> I noticed that my lips were swelling and I looked real cute for like two hours. Like like I just got work done. But then from my lips down to my chin all became hives. Like my face was swelling and then it got really dry over a couple of days. And I shit you not, it shed like a snake. (laughs) <laughs> let me have one good thing because i also can't eat dairy which i also believe is a american food system thing that has been much longer than gluten though i realized in college i've always been fairly lucky just honestly probably just genetics i've been very lucky skin wise i'd never had like really bad acne as a teenager but when i started college i started getting like just very fine there's a specific term for this kind of acne, but fine bumps all over my forehead, just basically clogged pores. And again, same as with gluten, I saw a friend post something about cutting out dairy and noticing it changed their skin. So I cut out dairy and there is a like a very strong direct correlation between when I eat dairy and what my skin looks like. I should try it. It's just so hard because dairy-free milk is fine. I I love almond milk. I actually accidentally almost poisoned myself. I got when I went and got the sandwich, which well, I already did poison myself, but I I forgot to say almond milk when I ordered my latte. Oh. And oh. I noticed immediately because I have not had milk in a long time. And I used to love milk. My best friend for a long time lived on a dairy farm. So oh, I yeah. worked on a dairy farm. <laughs> we touched which, on that yeah, lately. Which is, where, which is where I learned that <laughs> goats are easier to milk than cows. And so like unprocessed raw milk fucking delicious Mm -hmm. but now i don't know if i would feel that way i took one sip of this latte and i was like oh something's wrong this is disgusting and then i realized that it's because it was real milk i thought it was like disgusting yeah yeah but cheese no almond milk that's delicious cashew milk delicious Mm. fake ice cream delicious they have (laughs) not worked out how to like cheese is something else they haven't worked that out cheese is hard i mean there's some decent ones but it's hard to find a good one that isn't like plastic yeah i just want something that melts my bar is very very low i want (laughs) i want a fake cheddar mikio's dairy is the best fake cheddar that i've had so far i've literally looked up lists online like we do potlucks and whatnot at work and I'm trying to find stuff that's allergy free and that is the brand that they recommend. Yeah, their cheddar is very cheddar-like, as close as you can get without actually mm-hmm. it being cheddar. But I do cheat still sometimes with dairy. As you can see, and I don't know if you can tell on the camera, but I tried very hard to cover it up. I, I am experiencing a pretty significant breakout at this moment. It is due to cheese. I think you're very pretty. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's the concealer. <laughs> Well, good job, then. Thanks. <laughs> I just got a new blender egg. Oh, my God. I need a new one really bad. I looked it up. Most of 
my makeup don't come at me makeup community is very expired um <laughs> very expired like like Wait. some of it i bought in high school it, actually i'm guilty of this too yeah i'm not gonna buy an eyeshadow palette that i'm gonna use like four times and then have it expire in 2011 and not continue using it i have palettes that are very old but i always make sure i keep them shut and i'm using very clean brushes just to try to save that minimize a bit. yeah you can also spritz it with alcohol yeah so part of me thinks actually i haven't not had dairy in some time and i i do think that part of my breakout might be i just realized this mm-hmm. last night because i was like oh maybe i should like i, I wash my brushes that is a new thing for me i wash i was brushes. not a person who cleaned my brushes which is disgusting and i'm sorry but i a just recently started don't. doing that yeah. just never thought about it i was like whatever it's not like i'm putting it in my mouth although my face is Ooh. covered in bacteria <laughs> but whatever um but i one of my, I don't use separate things, a CC cream or whatever, or BB cream or whatever you call it, the combo color thing that covers your face. Um, <laughs> it expired pre-pandemic, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which means I bought it probably before I even moved here. Did you use it? Oh yeah, yeah, before, I use it. Oh. I use it today. Um, <laughs> and it, <laughs> but the thing is, I don't regularly rely on like I only use face covering stuff if I'm like breaking out, mm-hmm. which is probably why it's making me break out more because i only use it when (laughs) there's bacteria going on so i mean yeah i don't want to buy a tube and then you know get like an eighth of the way through it and then toss it before the time it expires so i just keep it until it runs out and unfortunately sometimes that's 10 years (laughs) i just threw out a concealer palette that i bought in like middle school and i only threw it out because it was getting flaky like it just wasn't functional anymore so you treat makeup like your nail polish graveyard yes i have a box of nail polish that has things i've had since elementary school glorious ellsworth gave me a bunch of different nail polishes to try out i don't throw things out yeah love the magnetic one yeah it's super cool yeah yeah Man, yeah, I don't know. That's probably my weirdest symptom I've ever had after Very drinking a. Oh my god, I was so turned off from drinking Omission for a while. One of my favorite beer brands that they used to carry in Target, but for some fucking reason disappeared, is Glutenberg. Yes, I love Glutenberg. Oh my god, I loved their IPA. Their stout. I mean, their stout is like drinking a loaf of bread, but it's it is so good. I love dark, like heavy. Before I, I was gluten free, like Guinness, I could take anyone on with a Irish car bomb challenge. I used to challenge guys to flights and we'd do three in a row and I would be putting down my third glass by the time they'd be finishing their first. Oh my God. (laughs) Now, if I have one beer, I get hung over the next day. (laughs) Oh man. I can no longer do that. But Holsworth at 23 could could put back a beer, man. (laughs) With, With a shot of Jameson inside. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites was Ubu. They had a really good dark beer oh sorry that was my foot i thought i thought it was i thought it was her <laughs> no she's fucking around over on the couch i'm i'm talking about my cat nix and she is a little black cat she's very cute yeah she kind of is the night yeah, she is the night <laughs> she kind of looks like the dragon from how to train your dragon she looks exactly like oh what is that dragon? can't remember mm. yeah but she looks just like it yep <laughs> toothless. toothless she looks like toothless <laughs> Yeah, so picture that, but like, you know, with cat ears. Yeah. That's her. Man, I'm trying to think of anything else that has happened to me since then. I just know that mm. overall I feel better, you know? So I have like some notes at the bottom of our thing and just kind of tying into my like 
Ooh. ultimate conspiracy theory about it being a United States thing globally. I'll cover this after I share the statistics, my addendum to statistics, because I think statistics can be deeply misleading and they're frequently abused for that reason. But globally, 1% of people have diagnosed celiac disease versus 6% in the United States. And so I do think that there is a correlation in American diets and, and how it affects us. I do also think that there is probably also a tie-in that is including parts of the world where it might be difficult to get a diagnosis. There are cultures that just don't eat a lot of gluten. So it's very possible that there's no reason they get diagnosed because they don't experience the symptoms because they don't even eat gluten. Yeah, that's So true. there are other factors that tie into that statistic, but it's a significant enough difference. I do think that American diets have something to do with that in the way we process our food. I don't know. Maybe it is in the water. <laughs> in, in our town, at least, I think. <laughs> I've, I've got my suspicions. <laughs> But yeah, there must be something about how we're processing or how we're growing, whatever they're spraying in the fields, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. pesticides. I looked it up once and I don't remember what it is. And so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. But there is a difference in the way that wheat is grown and processed in the U.S. versus in other countries. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's, there are differences in a lot of things we do with our food. There's also a lot of food dyes that are yeah. not legal in Europe that are legal here. I mean, you know, illness is a very profitable thing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's the start of a conspiracy. <laughs> it's not even a conspiracy, man. No, it isn't. It's just fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, it's a little conspiracy-ish. I don't know, but uh, illness is profitable. of fucking pharmaceuticals. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. That's going to be a two-parter. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I guess that's all we have to say about gluten. This is a little shorter episode on, on yeah. the danger grain. Why don't we run over these quick title ideas that Big Spoon came up with because they need to be shared. Fear the wheat eater. <laughs> Fake noodle. The wheat free episode. Wheat, barley, and rye. Ba ba ba. Yeah, but do you get it? Wheat, barley, and rye. <gasps> ba, ba, ba. I did not get it. I just thought it was funny. That makes it way better. <laughs> Um, that also the fear that we eater, I did hear that, did hear that one. (laughs) (laughs) Gluffy, which is someone who's interested in learning about gluten-free info. So when I first read about that, I read it as gloofy, which also sounds like a kink. (laughs) Gloofy. Yes, it does. And gloofy makes more sense than gluffy because gluten gloofy makes more sense. Gluffy. Yeah. But gloofy makes more sense. Um, (laughs) danger grain, which is the title of the episode because that one won between, you know, the votes gluten-free decree, gluten dog, uh, hipster biscuits, spilling the tea on G free, G free banshees, carefree episode and toxic topic. You should record yourself saying warning. This episode contains gluten that we can put in the beginning of the episode. Warning, this episode contains gluten. (laughs) That's going to be in there. There we go. Well, I guess at this point, that's the episode. Stay dirty. (laughs) Stay dirty. (laughs) 